cash value of life insurance, the rate of return is 3%. It's more advantageous for me to put that money into the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to understand that because yes. you see their investment asset allocation for that is 5% wow. as compared to 25% for black families. The things with the smallest rate of return are the things that we are <laughs> most we, invested we all in. in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. (laughs) I guess that was my cue. (laughs) (laughs) And we would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Black Married and Debt Free Podcast. Welcome, you're in the right place. Uh, you stumbled into the right room. Welcome. Yes. Shire, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. You know, I have most of my chores out of the way well, that's good. <laughs> for the day. And I'm feeling pretty good about that. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Shira. Um, man, let me think about how my weekend went. Huh, it went by kind of quick. Uh, June is busy. Yes. Kids got a lot of stuff going on. You know, a lot of parties and Father's Day and... You know, but it, I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I can't complain. Marcus, you said Father's Day. We still have a week to go. I know. But I know. you're probably thinking about it because I'm usually on it. Yeah. Like, okay, we got to get yeah. cards. We got to do this. We got to do that. Yeah, we did some running around yesterday. That was fun, right? Yes. Ran some errands. You know, the older I get, Shire, I'm, I'm an errand guy. I like errands. You know, I like when you tell me. The one errand I don't like is I mean is uh, going to get the groceries. That's the easiest thing. But even that's easy. But right? when you, when you say get the groceries, <laughs> do you mean shop for the groceries, or do you mean you don't like driving E-cart. up and having someone br- see? <laughs> that's like the easiest thing. Yo, man, we spoiled here in the, in America, ain't we? Lord, but yeah. So uh, we ran some errands, and you know, today church today, and then you know birthday parties. And so it's been busy. It's been busy weekend, okay. but it's been good. You call them errands. I call them chores. Chores, right. We're saying the same thing. Yep. yep. Well, Shire, I want to get into today's topic. Uh, uh, but before we do. But before we do. I'm wondering if, has Marcus been on his best behavior? Uh, you know, uh, he's been recording some quick casts and every once in a while he'll fill me in <laughs> on what he talked about. And I'm just like, oh, Lord, what did you say? Uh, what What happened? So... Oh, Sean, um, I've been letting loose. I've, I've been I've been letting it loose, you know, and uh, yeah, because like I tell everyone on the quick cast is that's the episode where you just 
you're not really involved you let me kind of say whatever i want and so i've been saying i've been speaking my mind and it feels great feels great so i hope you're i hope you all have been enjoying the quick cast i hope so too but yeah but they've been good though shy they've been really good i've been liking them that's good well, I want to address this topic with you, Shire, because uh, I thought this was really good. You brought this to my attention uh, about an article. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, I want you to unpack the story the same way you you told it to me when you were where you were when you when you stumbled on this uh, information and just everything that that went around that. Tell, tell, tell the people the story. Okay. Well, it's not much of a story. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, we needed. You know, we're we were prepping for today's podcast, mm-hmm. and when I do that, I try to say, you know, I try to figure out, you know, what's happening in the world, right. what's popular, what do what would be interesting, what's interesting, yeah. what do we need to focus on right. as Black families to make sure that we're making the best choices uh, financially for our future, for our children's future. And, you know, I just so happened to be at a birthday party, very lavish party at that, Um, um, you know, but anywho, I'm at a birthday party, I'm looking through some different articles, and I came across this one article, and it, this isn't the exact title, but it was something along the lines of, what every black family needs to do to close the wealth gap. Okay. And immediately, I'm like, okay, who wrote this article? Right. And so I look at the author. It's not a person of color. And so I'm like, okay. So you're feeling some type of way, Sean. Well, just keep it real with that. I mean, (laughs) are you qualified to speak on it? Maybe you are. Maybe you are. But but in that particular article, there was a statistic Mm. about um, the racial wealth gap. And I'm always um, a little bit leery. Of talking about the racial wealth gap because you don't like the you don't like to really get into the racial stuff. No, I mean I don't like the comparison. I I think that um, in a weird and strange way, when non people of color are writing about this, I feel like it's a way for them to again assert um, uh, superiority over over another class of people. Got you. And one of the statistics that was listed, it was looking about 50 years into the future. And, you know, it said that um, 50 years down the line, you know, black family's wealth will be $789,164. I said, okay, that's not that's not that bad. I mean, I, I've heard worse. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but then they compare that to um, a white family. And the white family, they, they said the white family will possess... Two million seven hundred eighty-two thousand seven hundred, you know, uh, twenty-seven dollars. So I'm like, I'm like, hold on, where yeah. where do they where she get this from? Yeah. <laughs> I I need to uh, click the link here and see <laughs> what study produced the statistic because it was one that I was unfamiliar with. Right. So I did, and um and so it took me to a longer article. Oh Lord, it's 82 pages to be exact. So this is a report. It's a report. Okay. And um, the report was titled, or is titled, Two American Financial Plans. Mm. The next 50 years of the racial wealth gap and what you can do about it. Mm. And so I had nothing but time. Right. And so I went through the article and it actually had some really great information. Okay. Well, let's get into it, Shire, because what we're going to do 
we're going to take two families. This article takes two families and really kind of walks you through the discrepancy of of, 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 of the racial wealth gap. And it's taking two families that are comparable, right? They're they're like... Same education. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll just kind of say same education, but one family, you know, they're going to follow a fictitious black family okay. and a fictitious uh, white family. Okay. Um, and so I will say that this uh, report, it was it's written by a group of financial planners. There we go. And so... It was a diverse uh, group of folks who wrote the article, which is important yes. um, to me, at least. And, um, yeah, and so what the article ultimately says mm-hmm. is that even you can have two individuals, you know, a black, a black person and a white person, they'll have the same education, even working the same job. Mm. Even investing the same percentage of their income mm. into retirement or into a 401k, but the outcome is drastically different. Mm. And you would think that's impossible, right? right. They're doing the same things. Right. How can the outcomes be different? But I think the article does a really great job of breaking down why that is. Okay. Well, let's get into okay. this. But I want to get your thoughts along the way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read. Okay. But I'll just say they had two families. I, I love how they kind of did that. So yes. they have the dro- the Joneses, okay. and that that's the black family. Then they have the Williams, which is the white family. Okay. okay. Which could easily be flip flop. I know. By the names, I know. Right? It's so difficult. <laughs> it's like really, really. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with um, you. Okay, so uh, what they did was it says comparing each family's key probability weighted financial. So okay. So anyway, they have a group of financial assumptions okay. that went into this. Um, this uh, situation. Um, and so, like I shared, same age, they're both 30. The income. So, as I shared, they have the same educational attainment, but their income is different. Mm. And we know that, you know, people of color tend to receive a lower, lower salary yeah. for doing the same work. So, in their um, assumption, um, the Joneses, their annual salary was $53,730, and the Williams family's annual um, income was $77,803. Okay, so income is actually a big, a big, factor, big factor, and we'll, we'll, we'll see that um, as we move along. They both have student loan balances. Um, their student loan balances are comparable to each other. Okay. Um, the Joneses, you know, it's a little bit higher. But I wouldn't say it was too too significant. Student loan interest. Mm. The Joneses' interest rate is higher than the Williams. So and I heard, yeah. Now you're seeing the discrepancy yeah. in income. You're seeing the discrepancy in student loan balance, and you're seeing a discrepancy in student loan interest. Ooh. The repayment period for both is the same. Okay. Now the next thing that they look at is home purchase price. Sheesh. So in it's this, not looking too good. Yeah, in this uh, stipulation or I don't know, simulation. Yeah. <laughs> um, the home purchase price for the Joneses is eighty four thousand seven hundred dollars, compared to the Williams, and that's one hundred eighty four thousand two hundred fifty. So I'm guessing better neighborhood, maybe even bigger house, by just those raw numbers. Keep going. Absolutely. 
and you have to you have to look at it uh you know this also goes with income because yeah. the more you make the more you know the more buying power you the have. more buying power you have um hmm. and then they even looked at the interest rate so a person of color is going to have a higher interest rate wow the mortgage term is the same they're looking at 401k balances so yes 17,000 for uh the Jones household okay and as a reminder they're age 30 the Williams have a 401k balance at 59,000 a lot of has to do with income a lot has to do with income and um, there could be some other factors as well the 401k contributions in this um, breakdown um, they have the Joneses contributing at 5.7 percent and then the Williams contributing at 8.5 percent so in this you know their initial stimulation um, there is a difference there Um, the 401k growth rate is about the same okay um and uh, another thing that they looked at was inheritance. And mm. throughout the, the lifetime of the Jones's family, they're looking at an inheritance of $6,880 okay. compared to the Williams family's $25,860. Mm. And then one of the final things that they look at is life expectancy. Okay. And they're comparable, but... You know, the Jones's family's uh, life expectancy is a few years, few years less. Okay. Wow. So those were the assumptions that they looked at when they ran their their simulation. I need to get the correct word. Usually if you're working with a financial planner, they'll look at your income. They'll look at your contribution Mm -hmm. rate, your, your asset allocation and they can run different stimulations to tell you simulations. Simulations. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Help me. It's gonna be with simulations. us during this. One. Wait. That was good. You, you did know that. what I'm you trying to say. Yeah. Um and uh you know, and they'll 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 run that and they'll give you a probability of success. Okay. Right. Probability of success that, you know, your current trajectory is going to work out for you mm-hmm. or not for you and what changes that you need to make. And so that's essentially what what they did. You know, they looked yeah. at, you know, what are some of the the average household income. Right. And, um, you know, loan amounts and such. And, and they were able to produce this um, result. And I think that that part is important because I know somebody's out there listening and it's like, see, but... Why do we assume that the black family's income is less or that their interest is uh, uh, higher on the student loan or that their interest is higher on their mortgage? Oh, uh, because these those are, are not assumptions. These are these those are, are facts. facts, just like it's fact that women are paid less for the same job as men. It's you know, the, the, these are backed by statistics. Hard statistics. Now that I studies, you. studies, reports, reports, uh, and I and I appreciate you saying that. You know, this is this is a group of professional financial advisors that compiled this information. So this is not an agenda. This isn't this isn't conjecture. Uh, this is this is fact. You know what I mean? So I think that that's important. Which really speaks to the system uh, and tr- uh, trigger warning the systematic issue we have right it's like this stuff is like ingrained into the fabric 
So it when we're talking about closing the gap, which we're gonna get deep deeper into, you can't just do the same because you're 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 dealt a different hand. It's like playing Uno, and we both have a similar skill level, but I got three wild cards. Yeah, you got three <laughs> wild cards and a draw four, and I got all greens. Right. Who's gonna win? You know what I mean? Doesn't matter how good I play, but. One other thing I wanted to highlight, Shire, is we talked we talked about inheritance. Can you speak to at what point each family is getting the inheritance? I thought that was really uh, very interesting because that helps. Yes. Yes, and I think that's a great point. That's a piece in the article. Um, so the article does say, well, what if the Joneses family are overachievers? Okay. What if they do more? They go above and beyond. They're say, you know, they increase their savings rate. You know, they go and they get, you know, uh, bachelor's degrees in high-paying uh, fields. Can they close the racial wealth gap? And they do give some tips for how that is a possibility. Okay. Um, but going back to what you were saying um, about uh, inheritance, and they have a list of reasons why. Um, you know, white families are coming out economically a little bit higher mm-hmm. than black families, and, and inheritance was a part of that. And one of the um, things that the article mentioned is that in the simulation, and what happens many times in reality, is that the Williamses inherit 3.75 times as much as the Joneses in their early 50s. Mm. And it goes on to say, right when they're most likely to pay for their own children's college expenses. Mm. So, in general, or as it relates to the example provided in this article, um, the white family is receiving their inheritance earlier mm-hmm. in life. That's key. At a critical time. Right. Right. And if you're saying early 50s, and their parents are perhaps in their early to mid 70s you assume that maybe they're still alive so it's like well where are they getting this inheritance from perhaps the grandparents right which speaks to that family's ability to pass down not only to one generation but pass down a little something to the to a, a second generation right come on children's children children's children you know what i'm saying so that is a whole nother combo that's like we can't do that like you're gonna get a little bit from your from your the generation before you your parents if you're lucky grandparents it's very rare that the grandparents trickle down and you get something from them right it's you know very I mean? rare that we see that but yes. um yeah so that was one of the systemic reasons mm-hmm. another one has to do with income yeah, and it says white income exceeds black income for college graduates mm-hmm. By anywhere from 31% to 55%, depending on age. So that's looking at education levels, have the same education levels, but the the incomes are different. Now, we're not, uh, as black people, going into work asking for a lower wage. So that's what they mean by, you know, it's something that's systemic. There's this data, facts, statistics. And the other piece that is also systemic is home appreciation and mortgage Mortgage interest rates uh, continue to favor white homeowners. Wow. And, 
you know, this is, they, they have the year. And so, you know, this art, this report is actually pretty recent. And so these yeah. are systemic things that me as a person, I mean, what it's, it's a system. So the yes. systems have to change if we want to see real change there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're not going to just blame the system because we know the system uh, is essentially it is what it is. And so that's a bigger conversation. But what can we do? Shall I talk about what is said? You started, you touched on a little bit. What could uh, the Jones family do to, quote unquote, close the racial wealth wealth gap? Let's talk about the output needed (laughs) from them to close that gap and you touched on a little taste there right and i i want to just um before we dive you know dive into that a little bit deeper it's you know why why should we care why do i care about closing some gap like why you know i want everything i got coming (laughs) (laughs) you know but it's really about having you know making sure that just like you said, I want everything that that's my, that's supposed to be mine. I want to make sure I get that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want our children to have, yeah. you know, great opportunities and experiences. And in order for them to do that, they need this financial education. Yes. And some of it is really uncomfortable. Like, I don't like talking about the racial wealth gap. I don't like having to, like, compare myself to another a group of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to do that. Um, it's uncomfortable for me. Yes. But it is what it is, and it is part of financial education. I know yeah. we talk a lot about schools and, okay, teach history in schools. Or don't. Some folks don't want us teaching history. I know. <laughs> right? And the same, you know, same thing for yeah. financial education. And Absolutely. The, and the historic component within it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't leave it out. Can't leave it out. Okay. So uh, there is a place in the article about what if the the Joneses overachieve. And so basically this article talks about how they can eliminate the the racial wealth gap. And they do that through a couple of steps. And the first is above average educational achievement. Yeah. We'll talk about that more. Okay. The next is savings. And an aggressive asset allocation. Mm. So that's how you invest. And so they changed up their simulation. Okay. Right? Adjusted it. They adjusted it so that the Joneses increase their contributions to retirement to their 401k plan. And they were able to increase their income through above average educational achievement and they were able to make great strides and that's a positive thing yeah and i do like that the article does give out five pieces of advice yeah this is great right here i thought this was great um let's go ahead and And go there let's let's go there you know this article is super long so i'm like okay where's my screenshots okay (laughs) so the first um piece of financial advice that the article gives is attend a not-for-profit college Mm. some of us are beyond that right some of us are beyond that you know (laughs) break that down Um, because as a non-college person i really at first i didn't know what 
that meant. So break that down. Yes. So this could be great advice for you know your kids, someone in your family, whoever, yourself. So attend a not-for-profit college. Uh, it goes on to say, choose your major carefully and graduate. So don't just go to college, graduate. Okay, yes. not some college. Yes. <laughs> but graduate. Um, it's c- certainly a benefit if you have some college. Now, Shad, before you move on, not for profit, meaning state school. Not for profit. Okay, so um, yes, it could certainly okay. be a state school. Okay. Um, it's I don't I'm not gonna call out no college by name. Okay. Um, but it's it, so avoid those schools that are in it to make money. Got you. Okay. Got you. That makes sense. Um, you know, and it's because what they're saying is that a lot of those schools, the uh, population there is mostly black people. We're mm. at these for-profit schools. The for-profit schools uh, many times have very high fees. Shoot, I'm going to name some. You mean like Phoenix? Uh, well, no. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't, because I think Phoenix is still around. Okay. Okay. But the schools that have been shut down oh, the, and then the, the, later told that the credential, the credential that you thought was valid anyway. is not gotcha. valid. I'm not sure if that ever happened with, with that school. No, not with Phoenix. Actually, I, I know, I've known people that have gone to that school. I'm not going to credit, give them credit or discredit. Okay. Cause I'm just, I just don't know. But, but now I know what you're talking about though. I know those schools that have been years later. It's like, this isn't an accredited institution and folks right. get their money back. And okay. I got you. Right. And, and, you know, so yeah, there was a lot of us in them schools too. A, so <laughs> attend a not-for-profit college. Yes, I'm with you. Choose your major carefully and graduate. Now that's key right there. Finish. Another option, because we've said many Come on, times. Tell them my option. <laughs> as Marcus likes to say, college is not for everyone. I agree with that. Another option, um, also with a great return on investment, is to a is to attend a vocational or trade school to prepare you for work in a specific occupation. Mm-hmm. So a trade. Yeah. So it's college, but choosing your major carefully and not attending a school that is just has, you know, crazy fees mm-hmm. or go to a trade school. Gotcha. To where you can learn a skill and in Get many out. cases be to work right away. Yes. Love that. Okay. The next piece of financial advice is open a checking account. Okay. Seems and I'm just enough. like, hmm, okay, uh, give me more context. Right. <laughs> it says set up direct deposit of your paycheck and refrain from using payday loans mm-hmm. and check cashing services, which charge the equivalent of a hundreds of percent in interest each year. Okay. There's a lot of folks doing that. Yes. For them to put that on. Put, exactly. So it, it is pretty prevalent, especially in communities of color. Get a bank account. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is open a retirement account as soon as possible. Mm. And defer at, as, excuse me, and defer at least as much salary as your employer matches. Yes. I get that. And avoid early withdrawals or loans, if at all possible. The article then goes on to say, ideally aim to save 10% of your pre-tax income. Save even more if you're between ages 50 to 70. I love that. Now, um, one thing I want to point out is in the overachiever section, Mm -hmm. 
which was the Joneses, they did increase um, their contributions to greater than 10%. Okay. So. Yeah, and we've talked about how important that is, you know, in what, we, in what we're attempting to do. Yeah, I think 10% is like baseline. I mean. Well, how old are you, first of all? Yeah, we started late. That's what I was going to say. We started late. There's a lot of factors. We started later. And that's how I think that start er, start as early as possible. Okay, that's number four. (laughs) It was that. Um, It said open a retirement account as soon as possible. I guess they kind of work together. And it says start investing early. Yes. Okay, so start investing early in low-cost stock index funds or a target date retirement fund Mm -hmm. to maximize long-term growth. However, don't invest money you need um, in the next five years. Mm -hmm. Don't put that money in stocks or stock-based mutual funds. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. That's good. I think that's good. That's sound. It definitely sounds like a financial planner. (laughs) You know? Right. And the next thing, it says use credit wisely. Use a debit card or pay off new credit card purchases every month. Mm. It also goes on to say take out a fixed interest rate mortgage and not an adjustable or subprime loan. Yeah. That that is very sound. So just doing those things will get you somewhere. Get you some. But you know what, Sean, what I didn't see was to you know what they forgot a couple things. It, just, it didn't say this is all the advice. It just says the top advice. They forgot to say to get an LLC. Up, Marcus. <laughs> they forgot to say to start a home-based business. Uh-oh, Richard. And Shire, they also forgot to say to uh, <laughs> start a program or course. No, I'm saying I'm playing, y'all. I'm trying to make Shire squirm. I'm joking. Okay. Um, I ain't going to go there. But, yeah, that was great stuff. Well. Sound, simple, basic. Sounds like to me. Yes. But go ahead, Shai. What was you about to say? Yes. Okay. I don't. I don't recall seeing LLC um, <laughs> in the article. However, you know, it did say that when you're coming from certain households with wealth, yes, you're more likely to take those types of risk. Right. And it also did talk about. Um, it did. It did talked a little bit about black home. So this is a wealthy group that are doing this. As a, as a as a as extra credit or as in addition to, not in hopes to build wealth, but they've already built some. They have some options, is what you're saying. Yes, it's like being like able that. to call your uncle and say, "Hey, unc, I got an idea. Will mm-hmm. you partner with me? Partner with me? You know, I need X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. or you know, you have someone that you could go to gotcha. for those types of um, ideas." Yeah, yeah. Um. And they also, they, they did talk about uh, blacks who are trying to start a business or trying to start a nonprofit about how some businesses fail um, because of their lack of connections. Okay. Um, if it's a nonprofit, their lack of connections to philanthropy. Mm. Um, the article was actually really good. So yeah. if you are um, into this type of, of content yeah. I would suggest that you um, check it out because there's so much here like um, but one of the biggest takeaways that I got and we mentioned it earlier yeah. it said um, contrary to much 
work about the importance of inheritance, it's the combination of income, mm -hmm. your savings rate, and asset allocation that have those items have a much greater impact on the racial wealth gap. Mm. So, so your income, your savings rate, and your asset allocation. allocation. Well, Charlotte, let's dig on that. Let's dig on that allocation piece because you have a, something there that really breaks down the allocations by race. Yes. I thought that was extremely interesting. Yes. So let's dig on that a little. Okay. Um, this is a little scary. Now, okay, so there is, um, in the article, they do um, talk about investment allocation by race. So it's like, where are black people investing? Where are they, where are they putting their money? Mm. And they're comparing that um, with those from white households. And there are some stark differences. Mm -hmm. And so um, the first item that's listed is a certificate of deposit. Mm. And... You know, CD. a CD, so correct me if I'm wrong, but basically you can get a CD like through a bank. Yes. It's money, you, you know, that you put into the CD and then you can't touch it for a certain amount of time. Usually yeah. like some years. A couple years. And then you're guaranteed a, a, a rate of rate return, return at the end. Yes. And so a lot of people look at a CD as something that's relatively safe, yes. correct? Because you have this guaranteed rate of return. Yes. Uh, a quick story, Shire, about a CD. Uh, yes. So my father got a CD. He had, uh, I remember him getting a CD when I was younger. He was like, yeah, I'm going to get this CD uh, to my bank or whatever. It's like a thousand bucks or I don't forget how much it was, but I remember him talking about it and it was so forward thinking for us because we didn't know anything about the word. We didn't even know the word invest. We didn't know about any of the, but it was so much it was so risky and like forward thinking and compared to like just saving. Right. That was just what that's all we knew. We thought he was on wall street. We thought he had become <laughs> a stockbroker. We like, man, you about to put some money in the CD. Mm -hmm. Wow. See? See? You know, but yeah, that shows you how your, what did they say? What you're exposed to, you know, it, it, uh, it plays a big part because we didn't know, he, you know, that's all he knew. You know, I think at that time, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, yeah, and so when you look at the asset allocation by race, you see that um, it says twenty eight point one percent of black folks mm -hmm. using CD out here, are using CDs, using CDs okay. you know, as a as a type of investment. I was really surprised by that because that's quite high um, when you compare that to um, a white family, ten percent. And then when you look at the rate of return, 3.68% is yeah. the rate of return. That is pretty small. It's pretty small. I mean, Apple, with their uh, savings account that they just rolled out, promising 4%. That's but, a savings account. A savings account. Not a CD, a savings yeah. account. Yeah, so. That's not a plug for Apple. We're not no, telling you no. to put your money in Apple. <laughs> we don't know all the ins and outs of that account. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, so that was pretty surprising. 28.1% of black, you know, their investment asset allocation includes the certificates of deposit. I think it speaks to our lower risk tolerance we have to. We, 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 got, right? we got trust issues. And trust <laughs> issues, that could be trust issues with the banking system. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you only going to do so much now. Right. But go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, the next one was mutual funds. And okay. these mutual funds, they have in parentheses 70% stock, 30% bonds. Um, and then for the investment asset allocation for uh, blacks, it was 9.4%. Mm. And then um, for white, 37.5. Ooh, that's glaring right there. And the rate of return is, uh, you know, using their stats is, yeah, um, 8.4%. Let's see. The thing that can yield the biggest return. Well, it's also, the second largest return on this chart. Okay, second largest return. <laughs> also, the, the higher return potential equals more risk, too, I think, for folks. People get like, I don't know. But the rate of return is, um, you know, it illustrates how your money grows. Yes. And so while the CD has that guaranteed 3.68% in this article, the better asset absolutely is the mutual fund. Mutual fund. And so who is invested in that better asset? It's not more money. It's not the black families. No. We're not even looking at income. We're just looking at what you do with your income. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so the next area is stocks. Okay. And so uh, uh, more, black, like more individual stocks, I'm guessing. Um, stocks or stock market. Okay. Um, um, so we're looking at 31.2% uh, black. Okay. And then 35% white. And, know the, in, oh, ahead, sorry. and the rate of return is 9.5%. Okay. That's, now that's dope. Now, but you know what's interesting about that is like, I feel like <laughs> while, and this is super general, but while like traditionally we're more risk averse, as you can see with the CDs, as mm-hmm. opposed to like the mutual fund thing is like more of a concept investment. Like, huh. Like understanding the, the, the idea of you're getting pieces of the total stock market or you're getting pieces of a sector of the market mm-hmm. it's like hmm, that's kind of harder for me to wrap my mind around mm-hmm. than it is for the stock which i'm gonna go out and say they're they're talking more about individual stocks now black folks are put some money on we, we go out there and try to put some money on something on a on an individual stock before we do the sector side of the market i think we're we're a little we would do we would jump out and do that more uh-huh. which is which is interesting because I, I see you see it online i put i just do this on tesla and it's like do you have you do you even know how to study a chart like what you just doing that because you didn't you heard somebody said you should you know but we'll jump out the gate and put it on a on a on a in a, in a stock mm-hmm. market or in the stock market right before we would do the mutual fund, the index fund, which is, you know, a lot more of a, I guess it's a little more nuanced than just, I'm going to put this on Facebook. Right. I'm putting this thing on on Ford because it's low, you know. We'll jump out the gate and do something like that in a heartbeat, which is very interesting. But go ahead. Yes. Um, I, I agree with that. I think there are many reasons, mm-hmm. um, you know, that explain certain uh Patterns, yeah, in the way that um, black people um, allocate their investments. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next area is bonds. Okay, and apparently we don't believe in bonds. Mess with the, bonds. <laughs> uh, the investment allocation by race for black uh, households is zero. 
7.5%, and then the white families are 12.5%. That's interesting. Yeah. I, you know what I think that could be, Shire? Bonds are, are uh, historically something that you, you, you're more heavy in when you're in retirement or mm-hmm. nearing retirement. Right. I think that's that kind of tells you what's all you need to know there. If we're at zero in that, we either we either we trying to do extra to get to it, or we just right we ain't there, we ain't quite there yet. So that's interesting. Yeah, and then um, the next area was savings bonds, and uh, black families are at six point three percent, and white families were at zero percent. I should tell us something, y'all. Savings bonds. That sound old. That sound like eighteen thirty seven. Mm-hmm. Savings. <laughs> I don't know, even know what a savings bond is. Like, is that a piece of paper? Is it an envelope? What is that? A coin? Is that what that is? But yeah, that's interesting, man. But you, uh, look, but looking at the rate of return, the rate of return is three point six. So it's very similar rate of return to a certificate of gotcha. deposit. Gotcha. And I mean, doing math really quickly, I mean, looking at certificate of deposits and savings bonds, it's around. Like thirty four percent asset allocation, you know, for for black families at in investment. I mean, excuse me, in assets with low returns. This is deep. We're either using outdated investment methods like CDs or savings bonds, or we're all in on Tesla and Amazon. Right. Interesting. And and meme type stocks that we probably have seen. From online gurus and such, okay. so it's it's really interesting. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I love how you broke that down. And last but not least, um, cash value of life insurance. Oh lord, I know we. Before you even tell me, I know we're probably <laughs> super high on this one. Um, investment asset allocation for cash value of life insurance: black households twenty five percent, white households five percent. Rate of return, 3%. Can, and that's See, considering Charlotte, what you're putting in over time. This is why we have to talk about the racial component of it. It's not to compare and contrast and make us feel bad, but we need to see, okay, the successful of us, those that are better off, what exactly are they doing in comparison to what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And that doggone cash value policy you know what I you know why I think that's so widely used in our community? There's many reasons. One, you have people preaching it online. That's yes. number one. Yes. Number two, I bet you black folks are heavily in the sales of those two. Yes. We trying to get we trying to get the bag in the sales. And so what do you do? You sell the cash value to people that look like you. That has to be why we're so high on that. We're targeted. We're targeted. We're targeting ourselves. Huh. Uh, that's my theory on that one, Shire. But, y'all, we got to stop with this cash value stuff. The statistics have shown that the money used to fund the cash value policy, if simply put into index funds or anything like that and seasoned over the same amount of time, you're going to get way bigger returns if you yes. just invest that. Yes, it's right here. Come on, Shire. It's right here. Okay, something in my brain just light bulb. Mm-hmm. Cash value. The cash value of life insurance. The rate of return is 3%. <laughs> and what you said made total sense. 
it's more advantageous for me to put that money into the market. And it sounds like our white neighbors, yes, <laughs> friends, yes, uh, colleagues, colleagues. Uh, we go to lunch sometimes. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, they seem to understand that because yes. you see their investment asset allocation for that uh, particular thing is five percent as compared to 25 you know percent for black families the rate of return is so the things with the smallest rate of return are the things that we are (laughs) most invested in we are already at a disadvantage for our income right we go to the same schools we got the same degree we're making less money not our fault Mm -hmm. but the stock market they don't the stock market does not know your color when you put your money in all it knows is green 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 (laughs) green so not only do we need to uh increase our contributions right say we want to close that racial wealth gap we want to we have to save at a higher rate yes than maybe our neighbors um we have to go to school or go to a vocational school um, we have to make sure that our home mortgages have a fixed rate. Yes. And we don't want an adjustable or subprime mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to keep those student loan debts down. Yes. Um, but when we make our money, we have to also focus in on how it's allocated. Yes. And I mean, this is just eye opening. This is eye opening. Going through it again with you, it's like, oh my goodness! Like the bulk of our money, black dollars, are going into these assets that don't yield much. And you're right, Marcus. You're right that when it comes to certain insurance policies, we are targeted. Yep. We're and, targeted. Yeah. And it's all because I think a lot of it too, Shire, is is an imp- the impatience we have mm-hmm. because. We're trying to do things. We want it now. Yeah, we want it now. So right. we're either doing something that's mass safe because we just feel like we should do something or we're, or either we're un, uh, ed, untrained or un, what's the word? We're ignorant as to anything different. So we're doing the simple stuff. Or we're doing the most stuff that we think is going to get us the quickest flip. That's why the stock piece is so high for us. Because why? We like, yo, man, if I had to put my money in, how many times you heard, if I just put my money in Google back in this, it'll be this now. Mm-hmm. So we go in it trying to see how the how can I get the biggest thing fastest? The cash value policy. We got so many people teaching. <laughs> Yo, man, you want to be a millionaire? You need to do the cash value policy. Hey, this is how Walt Disney did it. I heard somebody, I heard multiple people say that. Uh, this, th- 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 this is what Walt, Walt Disney did. He used the cash value policy, blah, blah, blah. So what we hear when we hear that is, Oh, that's big money fast. Okay, let me get that. Let me let me get that cash value. And then you go and you do the research. And you're like, you're only getting three percent return on this, man. What, 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 when you could have easily been more patient, parked your money in the mutual fund, get you an eight eight percent return, let that thing season, and you can get to the bonds later because you're like, hey, I'm up now. Let me now I need to just chill. Let me put some money in these bonds and see. This this, this could have been its own podcast. Because this the asset allocation the asset allocation is yes. all we need to know. We, yes. we can shut the podcast down after this. Okay, if we get this right, we're gonna be lit. Right, and it kind of goes back to those five pieces of financial advice that mm-hmm. the article talked about earlier about investing early in low cost stock index funds. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, because even the mutual fund 
Um, mutual funds and index funds are somewhat synonymous, right? We, we well, can, in, in, mutual, in this conversation. A mutual, I don't know. A mutual okay. fund is a type of index fund. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's a certain type of index fund. Right. But generally, we're saying uh, mutual funds generally have higher fees. Higher fees. Higher yeah. fees. So stick with the advice here. I know we've said this before on our podcast yes. about the low-cost um, index funds. There we go. Um. Yes. I mean, I think the article does have some really good key pieces. Powerful, there's a man. there's a lot in here. Powerful. Obviously, we didn't cover. And when it comes to the asset allocation breakdown, I didn't read any commentary from the article. We gave our own. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely check that out to see what um, what the report found as the reasoning. But this is great, Shire, because what the prevailing message is a lot of times in the in these guru streets is. Yo, man, we we need to learn the stuff they ain't teaching us. You know what I mean? These are the secrets that 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 that, that they don't want us to know. They don't want our community to know this. That's how they sell a lot of their products and stuff. Yes. But the reality is, is it's no like magic trick thing secret. It's this. Right. It's this. Right. How do they allocate their money? Okay, they put X amount of percentage here. They put an X amount of percentage here. And then what are we doing currently? Let, let, let's, let's compare and contrast. Oh, shoot. We all in the wrong stuff. Let me fix that. Yes. That's the secret. That's the secret. Yes. And it. there are reasons why, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think that throughout the years, you know, our maybe our grandparents and our great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, I mean, there are reasons to not trust the banking system. Right. I mean, all you have Fair to enough. do is take a look at Friedman's Bank and the way that it it failed and it. it, it but you know what, Shar? Technology has changed that because back then, Friedman's Bank it was a black bank. You saw black people. It had a black face to it. But now with technology, well, they had a white board. Okay, um, but I'm just saying, like, what technology has done is it's made it like you said on earlier a couple minutes ago. Everything's face. It sees green. When I go on my Vanguard app, it yes. doesn't know I'm a black man. Oh yes. All it knows is I'm putting money here. I, I yes. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. But, wait, but just I'm just speaking to like the historical the context. I agree. I agree. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking earlier is that you almost can't talk about financial education without bringing in that historical yeah. context. And even throughout this report, I mean, they're talking about mass incarceration they're talking about red line they're talking about the systemic things we cannot change the systemic things like i hope that i hope that the world changes that it's changed through policy and right. i'm sure there's a lot of uh, positive things happening we've benefits from some uh, po- some positive policies as well personally but at the end of the day i want to be able to to say that i've done all that I could do to put my family um, in the best position. Yes. There are some factors that were out of my control, but where I put my money, how I, my asset allocation, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that I have control over. Yeah. That's something that even if I don't, if I don't have all of the information, I can do the research. Mm-hmm. Um, I can um, study. Now you're just talking about how you, at your fingertips yeah. you know there's so much information just through you know your the technology yeah and so i think that um we're we're in a 
better position, right? Because yeah. of the access to knowledge, but also being discerning what's good, yeah. what's not good, right. right? I love that this article, this report is written by certified financial planners mm-hmm. who I hope have a fiduciary responsibility to put out um, uh, information that won't um, harm communities, but that will, um, you know, uh, give us give us the truth. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. The truth is there are no shortcuts. Therefore, you're advised to start early. Mm-hmm. Um, there there um, there is a way that you personally can close the racial wealth gap or that you can set your family, your family up, for, up. Yeah. for doing it. You're going to have to work a little harder. According to the article, you're going to have to invest a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to have to prioritize um, your income. Yeah. Because your income and your overall wealth, there's a correlation there that's even greater than an inheritance. Yes. That's what the article um, brought out. So I hope it was helpful to go yeah. through those tips and to uh, go through was, the sorry. asset allocations and to say, wow, this is what a black household is. This doesn't make sense. You yeah. know, we need to talk about this. We need to turn this around. This article is looking 50 years into the future. So that means that we have time today. Yep. Uh, that, that's that's a mic drop moment right there, Shai. And I think if nothing else, you're on one side of this. You're either on that side that you just described, that enlightened and now I know what I need to do. Or if you're doing already a lot of these things in this uh, report, it's confirmation. All right, All right cool. Let I'm, it on my, I'm doing what you. I need to do. Come let on. me keep it up, you know. Let me let me. It could be motivation. So, we hope you enjoyed this episode. This is a, we went a little long. I like these long ones. Oh this my is good. goodness! Like this is talking your ear off, folks. Is already at work. They're trying to get inside. And- yeah, yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to this this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, do us a huge favor and leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. We love those reviews. Thank you all who's been leaving um, the reviews and taking advantage of the masterclass if you leave us a review five stars of course you can then hop over to your email email us at blackmarrieddebtfree at gmail.com and let us know you left a review and we will, we will respond with a link to our masterclass completely free all right y'all till next time we out peace bye